Welcome to the Conscious Experience. Today we're going to try something new in honor of some spectacular people. Let's begin, shall we? Let's uh, let's meet our first guest, Mr. Malcolm X, the leader of the so-called black supremacy movement, the Muslims, and that's spelled M-U-S-L-I-M-S. Yes, sir. And Mr. I understand that all of the members of the Muslims have the last name of X. That's correct. And why is that? Well, the X exits us from the usage and the identification and the connection with the uh, slave names that were given to our people during slavery time by the slave master. I see. A mind that pushed forward thinking. He personified courage, but was very humble. A once in a generation leader that would challenge a racist society in the early 60s. He goes by the name of Malcolm. Malcolm X. Born on May 19, 1925 in Omaha, Nebraska, Malcolm would be born into a country that didn't acknowledge equal rights for blacks. Malcolm was one out of 10 children who was raised by two proud parents. His father, Earl Little, was a reverend for the local Baptist church. His father was a disciplined man who had strong beliefs tied to the great Marcus Garvey ideology. Now from this premise for the equality of all men and the brotherhood of all men, the biblical injunction of Acts 1726 reminds us that he created of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. I was most interested in brotherhood within his own race. Because if Negroes are created in God's image, and Negroes are black, then God must in some sense be black. Reverend Earl believed in blacks being self-dependent, owning their own land, culture, laws, regulation, and most importantly, education. He believed in an honest man work and made sure Malcolm and his siblings were obedient and had a structured schedule. At the age of six, Malcolm's family moved to Lansing, Michigan. At this point, Malcolm's life would change forever. At the time, whites in Lansing, Michigan were not fun about a black family living in close proximity. The Ku Klux Klan, also known as the KKK, would soon burn down Malcolm's house. Two years later, Malcolm's father, Earl Little, would be found dead on a local railroad track. Local officials called in an accident, but Malcolm and his family believed the Ku Klux Klan were to blame. Since Malcolm's father, Earl, was the only one working, the Littles would suffer financially. This caused his siblings to be split, which would land Malcolm in a foster home. Without his father's guidance, Malcolm would become a street hustler at the age of 20 and eventually jailed. During a six and a half year sentence, Malcolm would educate himself on all history, including intensive research on religion after his time. He moved back to Michigan and converted to the Nation of Islam. 
Elijah Muhammad, the messenger, would appoint Malcolm Little as the second in charge and would also change his name to Malcolm X. Malcolm X was a true civil rights activist that had the courage of a thousand men. He was not afraid to speak for black oppressed of that day. His most notable contributions included fiery speeches that rallied millions of blacks. The ballot or the bullet. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community. The, the, time, the time when white people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. By the same token, the time when that same white man, knowing that your eyes are too far open, can send another Negro into the community get you and me to support him so he can use him to lead us astray, those days are long gone. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that if you and I are going to live in a black community, and that's where we're going to live, because as soon as you move into one of their, as soon as you move out of the black community into their community, it's mixed for a period of time, but they are gone, and you're right there all by yourself. We must, we must understand the politics of our community. The ballot or the bullet stand to be the most significant speech that would cause a paradigm shift amongst blacks. He uplifted and articulated the oppression of the oppressor. He has forever changed black culture and stands to be one of the main reasons blacks are where they at today. Listeners, I, I want you to take a step back and look around what's happening in the room right now. If you're listening to the room or just look around you outside, maybe in a restaurant or in a shopping area, and you'll notice every single stretch of that mile has something similar to it. I like gold. Now, you're thinking that, oh yeah, I know that. Light bulbs, Thomas Edison, I studied that in history class, I studied that in college, I studied that since I was five years old. Well, I'm here to tell you that is a lie. It's a lie. Thomas Edison didn't create the light bulb, the light bulb that we know today. However, one man did, a black American inventor who not only created the light bulb, but created many other inventions. And I want you to introduce to Louis Latimer. Louis Latimer was born in Chelsea, Massachusetts on September 4th, 1848 from parents of slaves. These slaves fled and were uprooted into Massachusetts. 
and Louis Latimer likes to attribute his freedom to the great Frederick Douglass and William Sutton's wealth, famous abolitionist who freed many of slaves. During the Civil War, he was assigned to the USS Master Gunboat. He actually lied about his age because he was involved in the Civil War at age 15. And after getting an good honorable discharge, he ended up moving to Boston and started as a office boy for the patent law firm Crossman Gold, earning $3 each week. And $3 was actually a pretty good wage back in the day. Later on, because of his natural talent and innovation, he was bumped up to head draftsman earning $20 a week. He eventually got married to Mary Wilson in November of 1873, and this is where his career started to take off. In 1874, along with another man of Mr. Brown, Vladimir created what's called the train water closet. So we know this as the portable restroom that we see in trains. You'd be able to take one, especially in Europe. So that's just one of the inventions created early on his age. Secondly, another great invention that we know today is actually what we use every day while we look at our phone. Um, so he actually created the telephone or helped create the telephone with Alexander Graham Bell. He was actually able to finish and apply a patent um, in 1876. Later on, this is where he met Thomas Edison in 1880. See, Thomas Edison, as you know, and there's that famous thing that Thomas Edison failed a thousand times in a thousand one. He finally got it right. Well, it's because of Louis Latimer that he got it right. So in 1880, while Thomas Edison continued to struggle and fighting a light bulb that lasted more than 15 seconds, Louis Latimer created what's called the carbon filament that was able to have the light bulb last for more than 15 seconds. And it obviously lasts more longer than we know today. And then Thomas Edison took credit for that. As you can see in your history books, you'll see no record of Louis Latimer, but you will see a record of Thomas Edison. Eventually, Louis Latimer, uh, throughout his career, he created many more inventions. One is the hanger for coats and hats. This was also used in various avenues, hotels, restaurants. Louis Latimer also created, and pretty much one of his last inventions was in 1910, where he actually created the lampshade. So the little shade that you see on your light bulbs, he created that as well. Eventually, uh, Louis Latimer died on December 11, 1928, but he left many inventions that we use today. You know, the tagline for, for this guy can really be, you know, be free or die trying, you know, the Lord's favor, you know, the story of a man born a slave, uh, you know, dying a legend, right? So we have a guy by the name of Robert Smalls. He was born April 5th, 1839, passed away February 23rd, 1915. Um, so the legacy that he left, he ended up being a businessman, a publisher, a politician, and a, a war hero by basically taking over Confederate transport ship called the uh, CSS Planter uh, in the Charleston Harbor. 
at about year was 1862. Uh, he sailed it from the Confederate controlled waters um, all the way to the Union um, waters. And basically, uh, in doing that, he basically uh, put up the white flag and basically surrendered himself to the Union to basically join their squad. Because obviously, we already know what the Union was fighting for, and we know what the Confederates were fighting for. He ended up getting his example and persuasion helped convince President Abraham Lincoln to accept African-American soldiers into the Union Army, which is, that's crazy, right? And so before that, I'm just, I'll just do a synopsis of what he did. So basically, uh, Robert Smalls, he was born a slave, born on a plantation, you know, circumstances enough, not confirmed, but it appeared that his father was the slave master of this plantation. So he had a little bit of favor. Um, at the age of 12, uh, at his mother's request, the master sent him to Charleston to be hired as a, basically a laborer where he actually got paid $1 a week. And so from there, he ended up basically joining the Confederate army basically on a ship, right? And basically being a part of the crew working so on and so forth he brought his family on board and basically uh he gained their trust you know he was he was a good worker a loyal servant they went off to hey robert we like you you know be in charge man hold the ship down robert said i got you meanwhile it's him the other slaves and that's it right the family's the other slaves as well Meanwhile, he's been planning to make an escape and free himself, right? So this is a perfect occasion. So what my dog do? He basically finesses the ship. He basically takes the ship while they're off bullshitting, you know what I'm saying? Pissing, whatever, you know? And basically his plan was to basically go past all the ports and basically get to the Union side, surrender the ship, and basically, you know, take it from there. So... He basically hijacks the ship when all the guards and everybody and soldiers are off. He's sailing down the port. Okay, mind you, he has to pass three forts, okay, to make his, you know, trip to freedom. So obviously to get past the fort, if you're a ship, you have to know the you have to know the 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 signs, right? You have to throw up the right signs to pass the fort because if you don't know the signs, you're obviously on the opposition side. Um, meanwhile, since luckily uh, he knew how to read, there was the captain's manual, which had their, I'll say the captain's manual of the Confederacy that had the signs to throw up at ports to make sure that you could pass and you were okay. And so the first site, first port they make it to, he ends up throwing up the correct sign. Bet they're good. They think it's a white male, you know, trying to pass. Bet makes it through second one uh makes it through again you know and mind you you know this could all go wrong because at the same time i mean it's just a a confederate ship full of slaves you know i mean hell i mean luckily it's nighttime (laughs) you know because we all look we all the same color at night ain't it but uh and if it was you know there's babies on board all it takes is a baby to cry you know what i mean and they'll be like what the hell um 
So meanwhile, you know, Robert is passing through the forts, um, traveling down this, you know, traveling down the river. Uh, um, the last, the last port he passes by, um, and it's one of those intense movie scenes where there's kind of like a uh, a turmoil as you know, there's kind of like a, a pause at this fort. He makes it through. And on the other side is finally the Union ship, the Union fort that he makes it to. And at this point, I mean, the Civil War is in full effect. So, you know, if the Union ship sees a Confederate ship, I mean, it's guns ho. And luckily, due to the type of ship he was in, I mean, the ship was, you know, uh, heavily armed and, and, and such that he ended up finding basically putting up a white flag to the and surrendering to the union ship and from there they obviously found out that oh okay uh, wow like this is definitely a ship full of slaves and so from there that's when robert small became a free man officially uh him and his family all of the uh occupants of the ship as well and so you know immediately following the uh civil war he ended up gaining uh, praise for his acts and even ended up meeting uh, the president at the time, uh, everyone's favorite, right, uh, President Abraham Lincoln. And basically through his acts, he ended up uh, somewhat convincing him or being the example of why, you know, they should accept African-American soldiers into the Union Army because they, they're, you know, they had courage and they're willing to fight. For the cause and so from there you know in his long list of accomplishments he ends up becoming basically a commendable leader in the in the union army as well um, gaining multiple uh, ranks uh, while serving in the war uh, after the war immediately you know following the war Smalls returns to Beaufort, you know, uh, South Carolina, and he purchases his former plantation due to, uh, I believe, his father or, you know, the slave owner was, um, I guess he, you know what I'm saying, didn't pay his taxes. Sheesh. <laughs> and he ended up just buying it back. And also, once he bought it back, you know, uh, the former the former owner or his father sued to basically regain the property, but Smalls retained ownership in a court case that he won, and that court case also became an important precedent in other similar cases that helped other slaves as well, or colored people in that time. Um, from there, you know, he really he purchased. Um, I mean, he basically, the, the build, he purchased a, a two-story building in Beaumont um, and used it as a school to teach African-American children as well. And, you know, looking at this man's story, I mean, I mean, that's a, if, if there was ever a happy ending possible in the 1800s as becoming a slave, I, I feel that he basically embodied that 